Welcome to Find My Voice. Everybody started somewhere, and we want to inspire you to find your voice and start creating. That could be doing a video of yourself, writing your story, hosting a podcast, or speaking on a stage. In this live show and podcast, we talk to video creators, writers, podcast hosts, film, television, and radio personalities. It's a look back at the times when they wanted to share their voice and what inspired them to get out of their comfort zone and step up as a creator. Hello, I'm John Mabry Jr. And as a presentation coach, I help advisors and professionals connect authentically with their audience to drive leads for their business through video and podcasts. Connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook if you wanna take that next step because your voice will make a difference. Welcome along to the live show of Find My Voice. This is uh, episode uh, number two. If you are listening on the podcast, uh, hit that uh, subscribe button um, uh, so we can talk to people to inspire you to find your voice uh, about people who have already found theirs. Today's guest is uh, is a mad Irishman. Well, he's not. He's not mad at all. He's a good-looking fella. Um, I naturalized Kiwi, I would imagine, started in, as, a, as, a, as a journalist uh, and helps you write or writes your stories for business. Um, and he calls it writing his origin or writing your origin story. Robert Ty, welcome along. Thanks so much, John. Uh, it's a really special day for me, my first LinkedIn Live and, and also a special day for you, I understand. Happy birthday, young man. Thank you very much. Um, uh, you know, on my on my uh, Bumble app, I think it's I'm 43, but really I'm 53. So um, I think it's I think the older you get, uh, the more authentic you need to be and just own who you are. But yes, had some birthday cake this morning. Have some more later. But um, uh, let's dive into uh, some inspiration for people to find their voice. Um, what makes a good story? Mm, straight into it. Um... No, it's no, right. no, no, we won't. We won't. We're good. Normally we do, sorry, the three things about you that they don't know. That's always a good loosener to start with. There that, we go. Is with that, one. that is easy. Um, I do a good job of disguising it, John, but as you said, I'm originally from Ireland. My accent might be a giveaway, but um, <laughs> to be more specific, I'm from a place called Tume in Galway in the west of Ireland. And um, I grew up on a dairy farm. I grew up milking cows and um, playing football and reading a lot of books, reading a lot of newspapers and wishing the rain would stop, essentially, a lot of the time. Um, uh, what else? I'm, I'm a running fool. I love running. Um, I got into running in my late 20s and I haven't really stopped since. I did my first road marathon in Iceland. Um, and since I've moved to New Zealand, I've got into trail running and I love nothing better than uh, heading into the forest or going up a mountain and uh, and just getting away from it all for a few hours with a, with a long run. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And, and um, I suppose in terms of my storytelling, I, I got into writing quite late. I got into writing in my in my late 20s and uh, I've been writing for almost 20 years now. I remember just on the on the Galway thing when I was in Dublin and um, you know a number of years ago, and I remember meeting these American ladies and they were like, "Oh my God, you have just got to go to Galway, get right. the train over there. It's just amazing. You'll you'll see, you'll see." And it was like we're on the train and all we can see is 
green grass and little fences. And I'm like, yeah. oh, they don't get that in the, in the, in the USA. So, yeah, it's, um, it just reminded us of home, doesn't it? And it rains yeah. a lot. It's very green. And I can yeah. imagine there's lots of places to go running in, in Galway. I mean, look, it was quaint. It was lovely, little cobblestone streets, et cetera. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't do a lot of running in Galway. In my 20s, I was more interested in partying and drinking than running, John, to be honest. Um, and I enjoyed every minute. Of, I had a great time in Galway in my 20s in university. And then um, later on in Dublin, I spent a few years in, in Dublin. And that's where I met my Kiwi wife and uh, ended up coming out here in 2004. Because all the Kiwis go to go to Ireland, don't they? Well, they go to Ireland and the UK, and I think it's compulsory they bring back a foreign man. It's, it seems to be almost compulsory. <laughs> it seems to be some, something they teach in high school, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, in your, so in your late 20s, what, what inspired you to get into writing? It had always been there, um, John. I, I had a gut feeling throughout my 20s that I was supposed to be writing. I, I grew up in a house um, with lots of books. Um, my mum was a great reader. And my dad was a farmer and worked really hard. But every Sunday, his ritual was to go and get the Sunday newspapers. And he would get three Sunday newspapers. And he'd come home and he'd throw them on the kitchen table. And we'd spend, we'd spend most of Sunday morning going through the newspapers. So I, I fell in love, I suppose, you know, maybe from the age of 11 or 12 with, with reading I, I was drawn to interviews and profiles with you know with people, whether it be sports stars or um, artists or musicians or actors. I just loved kind of reading their backstory. Um, and I thought maybe this is something I could do myself. So I got into it in a, in a small way as a teenager. I, I got a summer job with a local newspaper. Um, I was the sports editor for the school magazine. And then I went to the university to study English. And as I said, I got a bit sidetracked in university and uh, partied too hard. And, and, and I came to associate writing with kind of boring um, exams and lectures and being forced to write about the classics. And I, I really, I kind of fell out of love with writing. And so um, I drifted for a few years in my 20s. I, I did lots of different jobs, most of them that I just hated and, and, and didn't click with me. And I suppose deep down, I think the reason for that was because I knew I should be writing or I knew I needed to give writing a go at least. Um, and finally, I did. I bit the bullet in my, in my late 20s and, and thankfully it's, it's worked out. So if you started in sports and you liked that profile on the backstory, um, mm. what was your first kind of when you said, OK, I'm going to give this a go? What, what was it that you were doing then? Yeah, I went I was working in recruitment in Dublin at the time and um, absolutely hated the job um, and uh, I, I walked out I quit I, I think I read a book one day um, that talked about um, you know designing your own life and you only get one life and, you, and you've got to design it you don't let it happen to you by chance you've got to choose the life you live and that was a that was a massive turning point for me and I just said um, if I don't do it now I'm never going to do it so I quit my job as a recruitment consultant um, I decided to be a freelance journalist um, but I had nothing published um, at that stage. I just said, I'm, I'm going to be a freelance journalist. I remember I went out and bought a computer. I bought a shiny new laptop. I bought um, a crappy, crappy computer bag. I bought notebooks. I bought pens. But my fatal flaw was on the way out of the computer shop, I bought a, a PC game called Championship Manager, which was a football <laughs> simulation game. So the first three months, the first three months of my freelance journalism career, I spent playing this silly championship manager football game until I finally realized, now I've got to do this properly. So I went back to my hometown, my, my small town with, with a small local paper, and I convinced the sports editor to give me a go as a sports reporter. And so I was reporting on local sport originally um, for about six months. And, uh, and then 
fortunately I got a chance with a, a bigger regional paper and that really was a turning point they gave me a chance to do pretty much everything and that, that was my apprenticeship really um I didn't I didn't go to school I didn't study I, I learned I learned on the job I suppose can you remember your first first article can you remember can you remember what you were reporting on well, the very first, the very first article I had published in a newspaper was when I was about fifteen or sixteen, and it was an album review, um, an album by a band called the Pixies, um, an American mm -hmm. indie rock band, uh, a great album called Do Little. So that was my very, very first published article, and that was a real buzz. Um, when I got back into it in my twenties, as I say, it was just local sports, so it was kind of standing on the sideline, in the cold and the wet and the wind and the rain, and then going home and figuring out how do I. How do I pull this all together? How do I explain this? And that's probably still the attraction 20 years on. I mean, it's it really is. Writing for me is like a puzzle. You, you kind of have to, you get all the parts together and then you kind of figure out where they all fit. How, how does it all fit together? And and um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I got a buzz out of writing about sport and 20 years later, I get the same buzz out of writing for businesses. Can you unpack a little bit of that just from, uh, um, you know, when you, because I can imagine I've, I've done some radio before and you've, you, you've, you've gone away and you've, you've got a story to write and um, you, you're right, you, you have all these pieces together and you've got to be able to create that and obviously from a radio listening, obviously writing for the ear, but um, obviously writing for, for, the, for, for the eye is going to be easier. What's the one thing that you would look for or that is your go-to default when you are um, kind of putting together a story, and, we're, and I imagine from a local press perspective, it's a you know they, it's it's a certain number of words, right? They, they've given you yeah. they've given you a framework, um, so you you know you've got. So what, what's the, what's the first thing you do? I I spend so much time on the intro, the first couple of lines. I mean, some people suggest you write your ending first. For me, once I get the introduction down, then the rest of it follows. And, and um, so like during a match, um, during an interview with somebody um, doing during my research, I'm kind of always on the lookout for that one little nugget that that intrigues me or that makes me want to read on because uh, and, I, and I try and put that at the start of every story. You're trying to put a little nugget at the start of every story that makes the reader go, oh, OK what happens next and then that's essentially what a story is it's what happens next you want to get them to read the first sentence and then be interested enough in that sentence to go okay well what, what happens after this um so yeah I, I spend so much time trying to find that that, that little, little piece of magic and, and and it's so funny in an interview you get you get so used to looking for it you know it almost when you hear it instantly you kind of go bang that's my that's my intro and, and, and that's wonderful when that happens sometimes it doesn't Sometimes you have to search for it and sometimes you have to manufacture it and sometimes you have to um, get creative with it. But yeah, that's that's the key for me. That's the key into any story for me is the introduction. And it's funny, just starting this live today, you know, I'm doing a bit of rehearsal beforehand, whether it's speaking live, whether it's on video, whether it's writing a story. Uh, for me, it's about getting the start right, but also knowing how you're going to finish. Because ultimately, mm. I think a lot of people, certainly in a, a lot of speaker coaches would would say it's like, you know, have a, have a beginning and middle and end um know how you're going to end otherwise you just end up rambling but um if you, what what do you think was your biggest hurdle if you were looking at your your body of work and i re, you know re, realized from late 20s to early mm. 40s you, you're only a young fella um okay. what was your what was the one thing that you kind of that the aha moment for you to uh, um that you had to get past 
Yeah, I mean, like it, like it, almost everybody else in, in, in so many different areas, it's the fear. It's, the, it's getting over that fear of yourself. I mean, as I said, I ran away from it for most of my 20s. Um, I ran away from writing because I was, I, I guess I was kind of terrified that if it didn't work out, what, what would I do then? The, I, I, I'm, I, I, it's only kind of, uh, again, in preparing for this interview that I thought about it that way. And I, I think that's probably a lot, of it, what, a lot of what it was down to. And I mean, even since then, um, obviously I worked as a journalist for, for almost 20 years. And more recently, I've started posting on LinkedIn and, and, and hosted a podcast and, and exactly the same thing and exactly the same fears I went through um, starting to post consistently on LinkedIn is getting over that fear. I mean, I remember the first post, I think the first post I did on LinkedIn was about overcoming your fears. Is this great quote or it was turned into a poem. It was it was a, it was a piece of writing by an American writer called Tanishi Coates, I think his, his name is. And he talked about the writing process and he described it as, as kind of getting your horribleness down on the page, then waking up the next morning, reading that horribleness and trying to make it a little bit better. And then going away and doing that again the next day and the next day and the next day. And that's, and that's essentially what writing is. You're getting, getting it, something down on the page and then trying to make it better. Um, but getting over that fear of putting myself out there and putting my own thoughts and opinions out there rather than, uh, this is on LinkedIn I'm talking about, John, rather than hiding, rather, rather, I mean, for, for 18 years as a journalist, I suppose I hid behind the byline. I hid behind other people's stories. I, I, I wrote the I wrote a few opinion pieces for um, the local North Shore Times newspaper on the North Shore here in Auckland. Um, but generally, I was hiding behind other people's stories and, and, and putting yourself out there and telling your own stories. The ma main hurdle is just doing it, getting over your fear and just just doing it. And that's easier said than done. Yeah. You know, it's it's if you were to, you know, how much how much time did that take? But, you know, I guess if the if the objective is to trust yourself to um, mm. know that I'm going to do a good job or I'm kind of reasonably happy with it, I think mm. you know people in, in our profession we're, we're we're never happy with what we've got. We can always improve, which is a great 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 work ethic to obviously bring to anything but mm. was was there a was it was it the number of posts was it a, a, was it a was it a time frame um if somebody is you know thinking how do i how do i i'm willing to start but how long is it going to take before i um am sort of relatively good can you put a time frame yeah. around that no, I think it's impossible to put a time frame around it because it totally depends on how much work you put in and how many times a day, you, how many times a week you post, and sure. uh, how, ser how seriously you take it, and and um, and how. I think the other thing is how much you know about what you're trying to achieve, and and, and setting yourself a standard to get to as well is is, is really important. Um, I think you 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 sent me an email with some questions, and, and one of them was around tips and and. I would before you do anything study somebody in your field who's doing it really well and so you get a real sense and a, and a, and a feel for for what they do and why they do it well look at somebody's linkedin page go through all their posts maybe maybe write them out again you know type them out so you get a feel for how they put it put it together or how they structure it and as a result of doing that kind of work then when you start on the journey yourself you'll you'll know i mean you'll know yourself and um, whether you're kind of getting closer to that standard or you're not um and i think the majority of people you'll find that if you put in the work if you consistently you know make a video or, or write a post that it will get better it might not happen 
in uh, a month. It might not happen in six months. It might might take a year, but you will get better. And and, and even though I'd worked as a journalist for a long time, uh, I think by um, committing to posting, you know, regularly on LinkedIn, my writing and that type of writing improved, you know, over the course of two years, um, for sure. I'm glad you've said that where you said uh, you need to make the commitment to post and, you mm -hmm. know, um, honor, honor that commitment, commit to that. Um, but it's also about um, not uh, looking at the engagement or the lack of engagement initially, yeah. because that's put that that puts a lot of people off. It's like that's the measure yeah. is likes and comments. And um, I think you've just got to, you know, say, I'm going to write three posts a week. And, um, you know, I remember talking a long time ago to uh, Ash Palmer, the the uh, the the whiskey guy, and he used to do lives on Facebook. Mm. And he did lives for like six months and it's just as mother was listening because um but but then it grew so you know you're right it's about putting the work in uh not looking at those vanity metrics and then also but just really committed to, to, to obviously telling that story yeah um, i just just on that john i, I posted hmm. something this week i i um i did two posts last week that one on tuesday got uh something like sixteen thousand views then oh. one on wednesday got 600 so from 16,000 to 600 and and really didn't do a hell of a lot different. The, 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 the format was similar. The time I posted was similar. You know, there's all these tips and tricks about how to, to gamify LinkedIn. And, and But in reality, as you said, it's, it's ignore the metrics, keep posting and post for the, you know, post for the right reasons to improve how you write or to improve how you express yourself. And, and I think it has just so many positive spin on effects in, in, in everything else that you do as well. Got it. Um, I want to talk a brief, obviously briefly around the the what do we write about? So you know, do, mm. you know, I, I like obviously, I, I'm with you. I love the history of people and why do they get into that and what was their journey to get to where you are now. That's a, that's you know, there's a, there's a passion from um, a TV, radio, a film people. What, what what had them start? What what was that nugget to obviously get them? Um, but ultimately, then it's it's what are we what, what do we talk about? You know, mm. I think we see a lot of people just dive into. Oh, I want leads for my business, so I yeah. must talk. I must talk about my business. But when in fact, that's not where the where the story is, is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I think it, it's it's overcoming that fear and reflecting on on what you've done, uh, the jobs you've done, the highlights of the the jobs you've done, the horrible jobs you've done. Like you know, most of my best, most of the posts that worked really well for me were posts that got a bit personal that talked about yeah. my my uh, my abysmal failure um because of championship manager i mean that was one of my first posts that really took off because people identified with that people do get distracted by games on on uh, online <laughs> and they, they do they do waste hours we all do we all waste uh, hours and hours and days and months of, of our lives doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing but it's 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 reflecting on 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 the on your past on the on the wins and the losses and then trying to write them in as real a way as possible. Um, and, and and if you do that, I think the leads will come. Um, uh, I've certainly got a lot of work and a lot of leads and met a lot of great people through LinkedIn. And rare, I mean, I repeat myself a lot, but rarely do I kind of, uh, you know, um, ask really do I ask for something um, it's usually you know telling stories demonstrating you know where I've come from and, and what I do cool I've got a couple of minutes left so mm. um, have you got some value bombs 
Um, and again, the, you've just delivered a whole bunch of stuff, uh, you know, around consistency and choosing what you're going to write about, um, and starting and getting over the fear. Um, what is the secret to becoming a good writer? Um, I think it's learning to appreciate other writing and, and, and figuring out what about, uh, figuring out what it is about other writing that appeals to you. And, and through that, then kind of developing your own voice and your own style. Um, uh, over the last few years, I've collected, like I've got, I think 80,000 words on a Google document of quotes from other people's writing and other people's stories. Well, I classified them like according to different categories, whether it's on writing or story or business or, or sport or inspiration or whatever it might be. And just the process of doing that, you kind of start to get a sense of, of what you're interested in and what you're curious about. Um, because writing about those things, rather than rather than writing a very generic kind of inspirational, kind of happy clappy piece, you're much better off to maybe take a nugget of that and wrap it around a very personal story or you know a hobby of yours that you're interested in for example I've, I've, I've again i've done some posts about running that have really resonated with resonated with people because it's genuine it's what i it's what i love to do running is what i love to do and and so if you can get that across in, in a post automatically it stands out from all the other generic posts that people have have on linkedin that really are just kind of borrowed from from somewhere else um, i mean yes it's fine to borrow inspiration and quotes um from somewhere else but add a little personal touch and the ideal place to do that is in in your introduction make sure that those you know first couple of lines in the introduction speak to something personal about you and how you relate to that piece of wisdom um, and i think that's a much more effective way of doing it that's a great piece of wisdom. Um, we've got about 20 seconds to go. If you were uh, suggesting to someone to go and start writing something, three tips um, that you would give an aspiring. Uh, you've already given enough, but yeah. any, 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 any more value bombs from Mr. Robert Tuck? Um I would recommend one book. There's a great book called On Writing Well. It's by, it's on my desk here somewhere, William Zinser, I think his name is, and I've posted about it before. That's genius. It's a really, really great book. Um, study that uh, and get your head around that. Um, start a Google Docs with inspiration. Just open up a blank page um, and just start kind of filling that with, with little bits and pieces of, about your industry, about your job, about your profession that you think, yeah, uh, that they've done a really great job of explaining that. That's what I want to aspire to. Um, and push through the tough times. There will be tough times. I mean, I, you know, I, I again, I've worked as a writer for 20 years and I still on a Monday or a Tuesday morning when I'm planning my kind of weeks where the post is like, what do I write about next? Where, where do I go from here? It's, 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 you know, it's such a cliche, but it's so real that, you know, getting, you know, pushing past that fear and putting it out there and kind of forgetting about the begrudgers is, is the key. I, I'll just finish with one story. I, I had a, a friend of mine in Ireland who I hadn't talked to in maybe 15 or 20 years, um, or hadn't seen for about 15 years, I'd say. We, we kind of um, caught up occasionally. And he sent me an email asking me to help him out with some work, uh, some writing work that he needed done for his business. And his PS at the end was, if you hadn't been writing all that shit on LinkedIn, I wouldn't have known where to go with this. And so <laughs> that, that kind of backhanded compliment summed it up for me is that, you know, that by, you know, by putting yourself out there on LinkedIn, um, you know, good things can happen and good things can, can come from it. Um, so yeah, that's the advice I gave, I would give is, is push through the tough times and, and there will be tough times.
and look look at you the good times look at that it, the, the the smile is still there and mm. you're still loving the craft of mm. finding new ways just to listen to 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 tell that story robert thank you for joining us on find my voice thanks for listening to find my voice join us next week for another guest to inspire you to find your voice and start creating If you want to take that next step, connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook or drop by johnmaybury.com.